Your personal brand starts with your appearance, and what you wear says everything about you to others. You've heard a dress for the job you want? Well, we're talking to fashion experts on creating an authentic look to attract the life you want on the Style Interpreted Podcast. Welcome to Style Interpreted. I'm your host, Alicia Dale. Today, I am joined by Sierra Adams. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are excited to learn all about you. You have such a robust career. You are a wardrobe stylist, a costumer, and you also own a nonprofit called Next Level Society. Tell me what the difference is between a wardrobe stylist and a costumer. So the biggest difference is the in visual medium. And so television and TV motion is considered costuming. And because and that's because even if they're wearing everyday clothes ready to wear, they are still dressed in something for a character. So that's why anything TV related, movies, theater, it's all considered a costume. And then for individual people, if it's red carpet, if it's a speaking engagement or your birthday party, it's a wardrobe styling. That makes so much sense. And also, I think with regular everyday people, we don't think about how important our wardrobe style is, even if we think we don't have a style. So how do you help people, say professional women, um, with wardrobe styling if they're trying to project a certain image or you know, achieve some goals in their life? How do, you, how do you counsel them and help them choose the wardrobe that's right for them? It starts with a consultation. So I start with really getting to know them, getting to know their life, their lifestyle, what they do for a living. And for a lot of people, they're strong do's and don'ts, right? And um, what that looks like is understanding, like, if they're a mom, if they are a working professional, if they're an entrepreneur, do they have a lot of speaking engagements? Or are they behind a desk all day? Are they in a uniform? These are the details that I really get to know them during the consultation so I can really help them figure out the best way for them to show up as their best selves. Um, It also allows me to get to know their personality, you know, because sometimes we'll say, like, I want to look welcoming, right? But we are in dark colors all the time, and black is our favorite color, right? (laughs) And so I would say, okay, Well, let's dive into that. Let's add some more colors. Let's keep your favorite thing, which is black, but let's talk about how we can liven up that black. Or you have people who have their strong nose, like I will not wear, what's a strong nose of her? Like, oh, white, like white pants. You know, like that's a strong nose for some people. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Like I am, I like to push people out a little bit outside of their comfort zone, but not too far because it's also important that you feel comfortable in your clothes as well. That makes a lot of sense. Now we have two things to navigate. We have in-person meetings and events, but we're also online a lot. And that seems to kind of cross over to, to television. And are there different do's and don'ts for being in-person versus online and photographs? Do you have any? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, the pandemic brought about everything's on Zoom. Okay, and fast forward to now, even meeting in person is still a rare thing, right? Um, So with all of your virtual meetings, some of the major do some of the major dues is accessories, you know, necklaces, earrings, things that are around your face. 
highlighting your face because that's most of what people are seeing is just your face. <laughs> and, you know, like the top of your shirt, of course. Um, and with those, some key don'ts with that is patterns. Patterns can definitely distract people when they're when they're looking at you. And colors matter, especially colors matter in general because color is such a psychological thing, right? Colors make us feel different things. And if we're in Zoom where people can get to know you but not as much as they can in person, then the color you wear also really matters because it's going to say a lot. Um, even with the whole everybody wants to wear black thing, sometimes black can be very dreary or if someone has gone through something tough recently, that dark color can really bring the mood down. And so paying attention to your colors is definitely important. That is such a great insight. Also, people come in all shapes and sizes. And sometimes people are intimidated by fashion if they don't feel like they have a fashion body type. How would you, how do you counsel with uh, people who are a little intimidated by fashion and, and share with them that fashion is for all of us? I love that you asked that. You don't even know because the real, real secret, okay, there is a secret, oh my God, that Nobody has the perfect body shape. It's not a thing. What? <laughs> right? What? Are you sure? <laughs> we all have different body shapes. And the key to everything is creating balance. Isn't that the key to, like, our personal lives, right? We want balance, balancing family and work. We want balance in all forms of art, even down to your body. And dressing for your body. The key to it, male or female, is just balance. So if you carry more weight on the bottom half of your body, then you highlight the top half and wear darker, slimmer colors on the bottom and or vice versa. You know, so it's just looking in the mirror and asking, do I look balanced? It's there. Did I create balance? What about being comfortable? Some people stay away from clothes or stay into their lane because they think I just need to be comfortable. We all do, okay? <laughs> but I, um, you can definitely have style and comfort, especially with athleisure took over the world um, at least like a few years ago. Even before the pandemic, we saw like the rise of athleisure, right? And so they've made things so stylish now that's comfortable. And it's little things you can always dress up your casual looks. So adding something with a collar to some, to some stretch pants or some leggings. That dress, dress up your leggings, your favorite pair of leggings that you always want to wear, just add a collar. Or it's always jackets help too. Jackets is a huge thing that if you do want to wear for guys, like you want to wear a t-shirt, add a jacket with some structure on top of the t-shirt and you can dress up your t-shirt. So you can be comfortable just adding the details to dress it up. That is such a great insight. And you brought up um, styling for men. So, you know, sometimes women might pay more attention to styling, but tell us uh, how you work with your male clients in styling and creating an image for them. Men actually go to the same things we do. They're, they're just not as vocal about it. And a lot of them will be like, oh, I don't care. My style is I don't care. And it's like, well, that's a style too. <laughs> that's a look as well. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> but um, with the men, it's a lot. It's just 
it's less hands-on and from them part. Like, they don't have as much input, you know, when working with the men. They're like, I just want to look nice. Um, I want to wear a suit. They may not even be that specific. They're like, I want to look nice. I have this business meeting that's in Vegas, and I want to be lightweight because it's going to be hot, but I still need to look professional. Whatever be fine. Great. You know? And so that's more so working with men. They are They have a little less input than most women but men still they love to be styled this well actually well and you've actually traveled quite a bit around the world and around the country how does style change from state to state and country to country and and, and what decisions vary from there oh it changes so much just it's crazy just here in the states it changes and it changes of course out the country so there are some very key things in society that of course affect it right so like weather affects it right if you then there um like the culture of the particular state will also affect how people dress it's no support like california for example it's a very easygoing state that's what they're known for and they also have a huge fluctuation in weather so there's a lot of jackets that's going to happen in california (laughs) I even remember being from Chicago when Uggs first came out. And I'm like, I do not understand the concept. Why do you have Uggs on and they can't get wet? You know, so being from Chicago where it snows, that doesn't make sense. Why would I want a boot? Can't get wet. But when you realize that like, oh, it got really popular in California where it gets cooler. So it keeps you warm, but it's it's not going to rain in California. It's not going to snow. And then you also realize how comfortable they are. You're like, oh, that's why they got popular. That makes sense. <laughs> and we're out here uh, waterproofing our Uggs here right. so that we can wear them in Chicago. Um, also, I know that you're a costumer, and the costumes really help to define the character. It, are you? Um, uh, is it possible for you to talk about some of the shows that you've worked on, or is that confidential? Um, we we can talk about some of them. So um, didn't I, I'd rather than me getting it wrong, I'd love for you to tell me. Okay. Well, I'll say my most the most recent show is probably one of my favorites for sure. Um, it's not out yet. It'll be out. It'll be, Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yes, it'll be. Re- um, it's going to come out on Apple TV. It's based on the book Dark Matter, and. And I believe the name's going to be Durango, but I think they were also, you know, still wow. playing, playing with that. But I was definitely based off the book Dark Matter. And I personally grew a lot as a costumer on that show because I've always been one that's in love with color, right? Color all the time. Mm. It's like it's necessary. Um, but that's a show that to make the character make the main characters make sense, it had to be monochromatic. And... That was really cool. And it, for me, it shifted how I view monochrom- monochromatic looks. It made me love monochromatic even more. Um, and you and it taught me that it's necessary sometimes to remove the color to show depth in a character. How fun. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it. Now, didn't you also work on Southside? I did. Oh, now, that show was that. hilarious. Literally everything... <laughs> Working with that show, coming like being able to shop that show, I would have so much, 
so much fun, like, just looking for these characters because they were elaborate. And so just, I was still, I was the costume buyer for that show. And just going to the stores and having to find, like, a bright purple suit or... (laughs) Or, which now that I think about it, the complete opposite from my most recent show, right? Um, And, but just those characters fun, like, or finding a coat with, like, fur on the hood. That, that, so that show was a a lot of fun to work and come up these, like, very relatable characters. Because that was the go-to, to relate to Chicago, but this also exaggerated version of them. And so... It was just a lot of it was a lot of fun because you could take a lot of risk. That sounds like so much fun. So styling and costuming, that's one part of your life. But another very big part of your life is Next Level Society. Tell me about that. Next Level Society is the nonprofit I founded. We bridge the gap between art and business. Oh, that's (laughs) so necessary. Thank you. Um, It was honestly birthed out of me working in television. I realized that there were so many careers that, for me, growing up, no one told me about. Honestly, even being a stylist, no one told me I could be a stylist or ever talked about it or said that was a career path or a business I could start. Like, No one talked to me or gave me the how-to. Um, it took me a while before I even picked a major for school. Well, I had a major, but, you know, the one I actually went with. Um, that was a big shift for me because everyone would only talk about fashion design. And I'm like, I don't want to be a fashion What designer. did you end up ma- majoring in? Uh, fashion merchandising. Mm. Yeah. But, um, and, I, yeah, I realized, like, I didn't necessarily want to do fashion design. And it was just my senior year in high school where one of the counselors said to me, well, you could be a stylist. Or you could be a buyer. So I actually started college thinking I was going to go, I was going to be a retail buyer. Um, and then I got in college and found styling and fell in love. And was like, don't want to do retail buying. It's a bunch of numbers, actually. <laughs> but you need somebody to navigate that for you and exactly. help you understand what the options are. And so that's what we do at Next Level Society. We expose teens to different areas of art. So actually high school level. Yes. We have actually started as early as seventh grade with some kids. Wow. And so they get exposed to different careers, and they also learn the business side. Because the other, again, major thing throughout life, so I owned a clothing boutique at one point, actually. um, And I've done these other businesses early on where as creatives, either they teach you art or you go to school for business. Like, there's not many programs or even degrees that merge the two. And artists often have this narrative of being a starving artist. And we want to We want to change that. that narrative. We want to change that narrative. It's over. <laughs> Done. Um, and so that was a lot of next level society. That's wonderful. So your interns and apprentices, they're paid for their work. Isn't that correct? Yes. So the students go through a 10-week program. And throughout the program, they learn branding, marketing, but they also learn wardrobe styling and lighting. So they learn both art and business. And then at the end, they produce a photo shoot along professionals. 
Wow. And so the professionals we bring in are young adults. They're new artists. And we pay our the new artists who come in who work alongside the teens to, we pay them um, a stipend to do the photo shoot. That's nice. I mean, so many times internships are unpaid and everybody's got expenses. So a stipend, I'm sure, is even appreciated. Yeah. Everybody's got to commute and get to work. And is that all here in Chicagoland? Yes. So most of our programs take place on the south side of Chicago. We've done it at Palmer Park and with Hamilton Park. The Park District has been a great support through the process. Um, but we are looking to grow because we want to be able to reach more teens, and we also want to be able to reach more people in Chicago. So we are looking for a new home to have the program. Nice. And you do fundraising? and Yes. Yeah, so we do fundraising. That is another way to definitely help the teens have the after-school program because you know, we do have instructors and supplies and all that stuff to give them the best experience possible. And so actually this Monday, October 9th, we are having a fundraiser and you purchase food at Luminati's on 8th and State and 20% of the proceeds will go back to Next Level Society. That is so nice, eating pizza and helping people. Yes. And <laughs> look, and for other people who's like, well, pizza isn't healthy, they have salads too. <laughs> They do. They do. You can get a vegetable pizza, too. I think that's healthy. And I saw that you just closed a fundraiser for Next Level Society. Didn't one just end? We... Did we? I thought so. Maybe I'm... We hosted an event for the teens. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what you're thinking about. Yes. So, again, a lot of it is giving them real-world experience. Wow. That's really important to our mission is to make sure they get real-world, hands-on experience. Um, I'll never forget meeting this girl who told me she went to school for event planning, but never actually executed an event while in school. How? That's wrong. So it's Mm. important that our teens in our program get the opportunity to actually produce work, get the hands-on experience. So we produced an event where we had an artist showcase. And so artists had the chance to perform their art. Also, we had teens and young adults who did the panel so they can be able to hear from each other's experiences and also build the experience of what it feels like to be interviewed like right here on this podcast right and so they get to learn way earlier than we did on how to tell their story now are um, some of your uh, graduates working are they placed or yes well we do have one of our artists one of our music artists has published music and she's doing really cool and one of our artists, um, our program, she said, helped her make the decision on what she was going to go to college for. And so we were able to help her with her college application, and have, she had work to show for that application. Wow, that's just wonderful. So what do you do in your free time? What free time? What, what that's is? what I'm trying to find out about. What, what is that? <laughs> um, um, but I travel. That was with the, the most thing I've travel whenever I can. How nice. <laughs> I'm sure you get a lot of creative inspiration. Yes. Um, I love traveling. I fell in love with traveling when I was my first term 21. Um, and I've been in love ever since. Like you just get to experience so many different cultures and meet so many different people. And even like you said, like seeing clothes in just other states and other countries, because I go shopping everywhere I go. Like I'm going to the mall or the local market Everywhere I go, I'm going shopping. <laughs> I have to see. How and so, 
You've done so many things, and a big part of the creative process is taking risks. And, yes. you know, we see the end result, and it looks wonderful, and, and we think, oh, I could never do that. So what, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to take one step forward in a creative career and try something? Get started. And, and oh, no, biggest advice, focus on one thing. Oh. That would, that's the, that would be my biggest. Ooh. As an artist, I think you already know, Alicia. As an <laughs> artist, we always want to do 700 things. Like There's so much bright and shiny. Yes. <laughs> okay. I want to paint. I want to style. I want to sew. I want to do hair. You know, all the things. And you right? seem to do that all. <laughs> you seem to do I, it all. I, I have, you know. It, it <laughs> but was, not it all was at a once. hard lesson I had to learn myself. Um, but, yes, you learn that when you focus on the one thing and really become – an expert at the one thing, it helps you even get to the next step so that you can be able to get to doing all the things, but just one thing at a time. Oh, that is such good advice. And then once you have the one thing, now you're starting to build a portfolio. Yes. You're not scattered with a lot of half-finished things. You've got one thing, you're moving to the next thing, and and all ideas are collateral. You're growing on those ideas. That's wonderful advice. You Thank helped you. a lot of people with that today. <laughs> Thank you. I, look, I hope so. Now, look, to the artists who listen, I understand the struggle. It's going to be so hard picking the one thing, but pick the one thing. What about confidence? What about, you know, kind of saying I can do this and facing the fear and, you know, thinking this has never been done before. People don't do it my way. Any any thoughts on that? Um, I would say... One with the confidence, just specifically speaking of confidence, is believing yourself. You are unique. You are divinely and uniquely made. You have a purpose specifically for your life. So even if you feel like no one has done it your way or everybody is doing it the way you do it, no one can do it how you do it because only you can be you. And so, and that's where the confidence lies too, just knowing that you are special. You are unique being exactly who you are. And leading with that and knowing that you will attract people because of who you are as a person, because of your personality, because of how you smile. Maybe you don't smile. Like, you will attract your audience and you just be consistent. As a creative, too, everybody's got an opinion. What Any ideas on, on how to create a buffer of the people that are saying, well, it's good, but do it this way? Hmm. I think, because um, I believe in, I'm a person who really believes in constructive criticism. So definitely take it. Um, be true to who you are and listen to the feedback. I would say really narrow down to the few people, like get a few people that you really trust their opinion, you trust their outlook, and listen to those people and let the rest be noise because you're going to hear, you're going to hear. People love it, and you're going to people hate it, and why did you do it that way? You should have did it that way. So just get you a few trusted mentors or colleagues. That's, again, great advice. Let the rest be noise and have a really <laughs> close, tight circle. There are so many things you do. If we want to find out how to uh, learn about wardrobe styling, costuming, or Next Level Society, where do we find you? You can find me on Instagram's probably the best way, and at Sia at the next level, C Y A A T, the next level. On there, there's also my website, so you can click to go to the website. You can e- email me, DM me, ask me questions. 
all the great things. Wonderful. Thank you for your time today. I think people are going to be calling. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Mm -hmm.